In this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about prison chic, lipstick science, a tuberculosis charcuterie board, how The Emperor's New Groove is an underrated masterpiece, jumping into the narrator's skin, the act of belief, and getting no answers in our discussion of All These Bodies with Kendara Blake. everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to talk to Kendara Blake, author of All These Bodies. Enjoy! <laughs> but the lipstick conversation does not fit in with Would You Rather. It doesn't, but it does, but it doesn't. <laughs> Wait, new question. Would you rather have marie's lipstick or marie's hair ribbons oh well probably the lipstick i'm really lazy when it comes to the hair anything so they just end up being you know in a drawer yeah yeah what about her um her rolled up pants her (laughs) like i just love her 50s clothes that weren't even hers she just got them somewhere from like the jail i feel like that is my wardrobe i just get it <laughs> Prison yeah, clothes. You know. They sounded really comfortable, to be fair. You know, loose jeans that you can roll up and a t- bag of t shirt. That's like really comfortable wear, especially considering <laughs> how much you work from home now. Yeah. Prison chic. Uh, yeah. That's our. Yes. That's what we wear to work. Yeah. Yeah. We just, that's like yes. the new shopping place. We just need to shop in the prison lost and found. And... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I bet we could find. I bet we could find some really good stuff in the prison lost and found. Do you know what? Forever 21 or something like that's probably got their own, you know, branded prison sheet. Prison. It's next. Oh, no. Oh, it's next to Derel- it's Derelict. It's Derelict. It's Derelict collection. second brand. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer oh. it's Derelict. <laughs> mm. Now I want a prison chic shirt. It's true, though. Claire's absolutely right. It yeah. has to have been done before, like by some fashion there had to be a derelict that they do everything else, so. I, love, I love it i love it I'm, so much i'm gonna have to google now prison chic <laughs> <laughs> i feel like my lips are redder than I, yours i know i feel like mine went on darker like that i think it's blood flow amanda hasn't transitioned to full vampirism yet so the darker it is, the more closely you are to your, your true form of. But it makes it makes sense, like within the context of the story, because it's Marie's. It's technically Michael's mom's lipstick, and it looks way darker on Marie than it does on Michael's mom. And everybody's like, "Wow, I didn't know you had that lipstick." <laughs> like I didn't. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said when I logged on today. It's like, look, I'm wearing it, but it's brighter than it's brighter than it was. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. I don't want Maybe to be it's like mom, mood but... lipstick, you know? Like it goes on <laughs> however murdery you're feeling today, that's how bright it is. Does this mean that I'm not know. feeling murdery Maybe or I feeling... am feeling murdery? How uh, murdery? Let's are... monitor. Yeah. Let's ha- this is this is for science. We will monitor as the conversation goes through. Especially when we mention a certain character, I expect it to either go bright red, which is definitely murder, or the deepest, darkest colour there is. Like almost black. And if it goes dark, we'll know that that's the murder colour. 
Okay. It's for science. Be we'll write it down. If you write it down, it's it's definitely science. It's science. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let's let's play our actual game okay. of Would You Rather. It's for good. So All I'm right. excited. That's yeah. cool. And we're so excited because we are joined by Kendara Blake. Yay! Yay! Would you rather? Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. So we asked our listeners, would you rather interview a vampire or interview a vampire's accomplice? And yeah, everybody's vampires. <laughs> On Facebook, yeah. it was 86% vampire. Instagram was 92% vampire. Twitter was 75% vampire. And TikTok was 88% vampire. So everybody wants to interview the vampire. And mm-hmm. Brie Tart on Instagram said, interview the vampire. Best to get the story from the source, even if I'm more likely to become a new thrall or die from the encounter. L20Kev on Instagram said, for me, it would be the vampire. There's too many different variations on vampire mythology, so I'd like to get the standard question settled once and for all. Garlic, mirrors, holy water, etc. But I'd also ask the really important questions that no one seems to ever ask, like, what color is their urine, and do they still poop? <laughs> it's a good question. Jess Pinkle Mills on Instagram says, Accomplice. Basically, I just want to hang out with Gilmero from what we do in the shadows. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Jacob on Facebook said, Accomplice, the actual vampire could glamour me, but someone like Renfield would accidentally tell me everything while eating raspberries off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it was a raspberry. It was a raspberry. I swear it was a raspberry. And Colin on Facebook said, Oh, definitely the accomplice. Less chance of having my neck nibbled on. Dribbled on, not so much. Plus, I get to bribe poor old Renfield with nice juicy spiders to get what I need instead of virgin's blood, which is tricky to get at the best of times. Really I see no lie. I'm glad, I'm glad they both went Dracula dead and loving at Renfield. <laughs> he it. is the superior Renfield of all Renfields, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, definitely. Finally, Dakota on Facebook said, Vampire, isn't the answer always vampire? And then on TikTok, she also said, Vampire, always vampire. Dakota knows us. Yes. She knows our answer is always vampire. <laughs> but what is it this time? Mm. Who's going to go first? Guest always goes first. So just who would I rather interview, the vampire or the accomplice? Yeah, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's got to be a vampire. I feel like Anne Rice set that standard. You want to interview the vampire. That's, there's, yeah. There's a whole book about that's the it. Whole, that's the whole thing. I don't know if I'd have the the balls to be so intrusive about the poops. Um, on the first meeting, <laughs> that might be like a year later check-in with the vampire, and then we could finally cover, mm-hmm. you know, the poops. Because that's got to be unpleasant. <laughs> You're just eating blood. So it can't be nice, you know. got to be real. No. No. Liquidy yeah. and tarry is that's what I That's got to be a situation. Like, yeah. I, I, baby's first poop. Mm. It's like, that's what mm. I thought of. It's baby's first yeah. poop. It's getting rid of all the ick and the gore and the disgusting stuff. And, you know, 
reject the body's rejecting that you know the bits of hair and stuff that get into your mouth automatically and yeah it's it's like baby's first poop. i think it should be like the vampire code i thought about this to one. always lie about that and just say they're like kim jong-un and they're just so efficient that they never produce any waste because thinking about vampire poop <laughs> just really destroys the whole mystique you know it really yeah. does it really ruins everything yeah you can't imagine angel going to the the, the pooper can you it's mm. like you know but if he did he would use a he would maybe not correctly but yeah. he'd use it and no. but maybe that's why like they're always you know disappearing all of a sudden like whoosh it's because they have to go now that would be so efficient it's an emergency bathroom situation just don't explain yourself because you're a vampire and you just keep it. It's part of the mystique. It's like, I'll turn mm-hmm. into mist, go and use the facilities, yeah. and then uh-huh. whoosh, come back. It's like, ah, oh, blah. We had a similar conversation in our, as an aside to our last episode. That is right. That's right. Um, our super fan, Constance, tried to trick us. And she asked us a would you rather question, trying to get us to not answer vampire. And she asked us, would we rather be a vampire, but we have like emergency, random emergency diarrhea at least once a week, or would we rather be a human with superpowers? And we still both chose vampire because we decided, you know, we could turn into mist and then we could just mist poop everywhere, or we could turn into wolves. Claire, you said you could turn into a wolf. I wanted to turn into a bat and basically, you know, and, poop on people's yeah. heads because it's funny. Yeah. Why not? Sorry. If there's comedic value in it, I'm I just had there. like And this is vampire with comedic value. Yeah, I just had like a mental element. image of like the Claire bat just like screaming as she flies and just crop dust people with her emergency diarrhea. <laughs> I wish I had my bat with me right now because I would just scream bat and then suddenly <laughs> Yep, just be a bat. Yeah. Yeah. There's now you know I if I like... scream bat that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> oh yep. gosh. Oh no! Oh no! Okay, so Claire, are you interviewing the vampire? Or of are you course, I am. This is a silly question. Why are we even asking this to each other? Of course, I'm it interviewing really the vampire. Question. And the last question will be: Would you prefer neck or wrist? You know, it's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah which do you? Yeah. Would you rather to the vampire at the very end? <laughs> yes, we have to force the vampire to play. Would you rather? And then we can ask them about emergency poops and which one they would rather have. Exactly. It's amazing what can be, sorry for the pun, stimulated via the comments. No. Nope. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay, next question. Would you rather get hit in the head with a full can of beer or almost be shot in the head by a police officer? I think I have been hit in the head with a full can of beer, and it's not that bad. So, you know, as long as it's not like a full-on, as long as it's a glancing blow, it's okay. So yeah, the beer for sure. The cops with the guns is a no, 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 no. Very scary. What about if it was, what if, this question should really be, would you rather be almost be shot in the head by your friend or almost be shot in the head by a police officer? I mean, technically both things happened to Michael over the course of the book. So, yeah, no. Poor Michael. Michael. Yeah, no, no. Anytime that the gun is involved, I'm, I'm out. I'm just, I'm out. Just throw beer at me all day long. I don't care. But mm -mm, no guns. Mm -mm. 
I agree. I don't want to be anywhere near guns. And I love the cop. Did I get you? No! What? (laughs) No! Yeah. We've said before, guns are a completely foreign concept to me. Like, hello, UK police do not carry. So... However, you know, I've been to, like, Foo Fighter concerts and beer has gone every... Well, we we assume it's beer. We like to think it's beer. Um, has been thrown around quite liberally. So, you know, whatever. But it's like a, a full can? It might be a stubby. It's you smashed can, you have stubbies the in the can. US. Like, well, you can, if you, not if it's a stubby. Do you not have stubbies? I don't, I don't know what a stubby so is. So a full can of beer is like a full can, quite tall and large, isn't it? But a stubby is just like a tiny can. Oh, and just tiny I think our beer. normal cans are like in the middle. Because like you have, sounds like you're like yeah. describing the silver bullet, you know, like the big, the big one. It's like a standard yeah. soda can size. No. Oh no, we, we ours are always mm-hmm. bigger. I was like probably double, if you put two soda cans on top of each other, that you'll be your standard size. Oh yeah. And then a stubby will be a little bit smaller than um, a soda can. Mm. And sometimes they get called tinnies. And they go, oh, do you want to go for a tinny? And you're like, oh, God, that's awful. I hate the term tinny. No, I don't want to. I don't want to go for a tinny. I don't like that. I mm-hmm. don't like beer slash lager from a can. I think it tastes yeah. weird. Draft pull or a bottle, please. Preferably yeah, but we're not talking about drinking. Yeah, we're not talking it's about just drinking them. Hitting the head Damn and it. no to a bottle. I mean, that's a big no. <laughs> That could that would be bad. But I think it can. No, I don't want a bottle. I don't want a bottle of beer thrown at your head. That's bad. I don't. I don't really want anything That's thrown at my head. Yeah, but, but it's I'd better, rather. It's better to have a can of beer than it is to have a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and could you imagine, like, just being that close to a gun? It would be so loud and... Mm. I don't like anything about Mm-mm. it. It also depends on how good an arm the person who's throwing the beer can is. Like, do they have well, a these are fo- throw? football and baseball bros, so... But they, they are, are drinking. drinking as yeah, well. so they're kind of, like, rubbery at that point. Oh. <laughs> mm. I Whatever think if you've is. got a sibling as well, you're kind of used to things being chucked at your head, so you could probably take a can of beer quite easily. If you've got a sibling, it's happened. So, you know, you've probably already got the built-in protection. You know how to, like, bob and weave. Yeah, it's probably... Exactly. Yeah. Zigzag, zigzag, zigzag. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably easier to, like, block a block a beer than it is to block a bullet. Well, yeah. You, you, have, you do that, you're going to just get a bullet yeah, in your arm, aren't you? I'd rather have a bullet in my arm than a bullet in my head, though. Well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> but we're yeah. fine. We're we fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. The worst thing that's happened, we got covered in some yeah, We all here. We're all so, fine. Exactly. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Next question. Would you rather find the carvings in the trees or in the cemetery? Some serious, like, Blair Witch Carving vibes. Carving them in the trees would like. be cooler. Like, they would freak me out more. So it depend on my mood. If I wanted to be scared, I would go carvings in the trees. Because that sounded really, really freaky. When I was writing that scene, I thought it was pretty scary. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah. And following footprints that don't belong to them and seeing the carvings and they're like, that's really, really deep carvings. <laughs> if you find carvings or effigies in the forest, you GTF or the forest. Fact. Because yeah. there's some Blair Witch shit going on right there and you need to get out, save yourself, abandon all friends, you know, pirate rules. I feel like it's scarier too because they're like up really high and they're all over the place. Whereas at, in the cemetery, you know, they're just on the back of the headstone. So that could easily be almost graffiti except for the fact that it's <laughs> carved into stone. But... The trees, them being all over the place. Like, just imagine you see one and then you turn around and there's one, like, over there, too. And then there's one over there. And it just it seems scarier to me. Yeah. At least in a cemetery, you could, like, try and persuade, like, mentally persuade yourself that it was the stonemason did it. It's just their marking <laughs> to say that, they, you know, maker's mark. Or, you know, you could delude yourself somewhat. But if you're in the yeah. forest, I don't think you could. However, I would prefer to find them in the trees because that's more interesting. And that's cooler yeah. and creepier and freakier. Yeah. 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 <sighs> All right. Next one. Would you rather be covered in regurgitated blood or eat your sibling's heart ashes? <laughs> that's an awful question. Tuberculosis, not included. Oh, that's better. Yeah, you don't have to get tuberculosis. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the regurgitated blood being covered in it wouldn't be so bad. But, I mean, by definition, I had to have drank it all first. And that seems gross. But I don't know what heart ashes mm -hmm. taste like. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, and... Yeah. I guess I'll be covered in regurgitated blood. Yeah. Why am I thinking if you just added it into a little bit of cream cheese on some nice salt and pepper crackers, it might be quite yeah, I mean, nice. Maybe it's just ashes, right? I mean, you can... <laughs> I don't know. It's a little dusty. Well, and it's a little charred. Know, it's just a little, little I don't burnt. Know how well We've all been what to barbecue. ashes a heart turns into, you know, if they're kind of greasy or, uh, big. Mm. <laughs> Oh, ooh, that! I don't know why, but that just made it even grosser. I don't. <laughs> greasy big heart ashes. Big, big greasy heart ashes. They do not sound appetizing at all. I've had pork scratching, so I could probably do the heart ashes quite easy. Okay. No, I'm gonna be covered in blood. I don't mind it. I, I plan on working that out for cosplay. So I, <laughs> I don't mind it. It won't be the first time. It won't be the last time. <laughs> Claire and I talked about, yesterday we talked about um, how much blood it takes to be covered. Yes. In blood, you know, how, and, and I explained to her, you know, I've done this in cosplay before, and I had a bottle of fake blood about like this, and I only used a tiny amount to just completely cover myself. So now we're going to test Ooh. it out. How much I think we need to contextualize blood. that size for audio. The, the size was a kind of UK beer mm. versus the size of <laughs> a stubby. <laughs> it's a stubby. It's it's a a stubby amount of beer that covered me completely. So, yeah. 
Good references, Claire. Very good. You cleared <laughs> it up. No. <laughs> but like, how much can I get in my mouth and spit back out? You still need a pump. I think you need a pump. And you really want to get like height on it too, because you, if at okay. all possible, it's supposed to like splash up over your forehead and like onto your hair. Like okay. you've really got to okay. give it some oomph. Do okay. you know in Team America this when they good. do the vomit good that just keeps going and going and going? <laughs> just be careful if you're actually going to try spitting. Like, don't like choke on it. I'm, I'm, I'm worried for you now. This seems like dangerous, <laughs> dangerous cosplay. <laughs> I think you're going to lose an eye. That's what's going to happen. I might. <laughs> Look, I almost drowned myself when I was doing Beth Revis's cosplay. So that is true. It'll be okay. <laughs> but hey, I have a tube. I used a tube for that one. So I have a, I have a tube. I can just pump All more right. blood into it. And it'll be like comically vomiting on a sketch TV show. Do you have a leaf blower? Because you could like get the leaf blower, attach it to the tube, and then use that to just whoosh it up. And it'd be like a I feel like spout. that's too much. Oh. That's too much. It for will me, be I too think spattery. It'd be comical. <laughs> this is not a funny situation. I'm this sorry, but we've got down the Dracula dead and loving it route. It's got to be done. It's going to get... Wait, let me go and stand behind this pillar. <laughs> Mistake. Oh, my gosh. Okay. What's happening, Claire? You're eating your you're eating your hard ashes and we're getting covered in regurgitated blood? Is that one? Yeah, I've got... I, I think I could, like, like, a nice cream cheese would be nice with it and some crackers. You know, have, like, an, a charcuterie board with it. That mm-hmm. could be quite tasty. Um, regurgitated blood ah, feels easy <laughs> but you have to barf it up oh, you see I, 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 that's easy just give us a toothbrush <laughs> toothbrushing my teeth get, sets the gag reflex off with me so you know pff, done. easy you'll need the toothbrush but after True, Do you, true you would brush your teeth uh, after you regurgitate all the blood and then you would just barf it up all over again because you brushed your teeth yeah it's a never-ending cycle it's a cross like that <laughs> that's why you eat your ashes that's why i eat the ashes because it's with a nice cream cheese I've, i yeah. think i must really be fancying cream cheese right now you must be <laughs> cream cheese and oh. nice honestly a charcuterie board and tuberculosis heart mm. <laughs> everything's better with a charcuterie board it's true it is true. <laughs> Last question. <laughs> Would you rather explore the Carlson house or Marie's mother's house? Um, Marie's mother's house. Well, I mean, technically it wasn't Marie's mother's house, but like that weird abandoned house where the bodies are. That right, right. would be more fun because it's filled with weird crap like weird, unexplainable collections of crap. Whereas if you're exploring the Carlson's house, I feel like you're just like nosing through their underwear drawers for no reason. Like, cause they're your neighbors. And not that that's what I do to my neighbors if I'm at their house. I'm not like, hey, elbow deep in your underwear drawer. No, but um, it, it's, a research, it's still just, you know, like cozy, 
it might be it might be nice to go through the Carlson's house, even though they died in it. They probably have some really good like leftovers in the fridge and pantry, so you could assemble a charcuterie board while you went. There's definitely yeah. a pie there because th she didn't. She make a pie. Uh, she almost did. <laughs> she was in the process of. But so we know some... that there are there's jars mm -hmm. of fruit. Yeah. There we we go. know yep, that that exists. Lots of pie there filling. You should just yeah. Like I guess maybe I'd go to the Carlson house just so I could stock up on pie filling. It's yeah. the only reason. It saves your supermarket shop that week, wouldn't it? Underpants and pie yep. filling. Yep. Yes. Think, yeah. That's all you need. It just it it save you the whole trip. It really would. Is that what is that what the widow next door did? She just paddled over there. Oh, underpants. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I'm having it. <laughs> don't go in the bottom drawer. Never go in the bottom drawer. What's in the bottom drawer? Mm. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, what are you doing, Claire? Marie's mother's house is is as useful as it would be to stock up on essentials and non-essentials from the Carlson house because we're just robbing them at this stage. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of creeping around Marie's mother's house or like the house where the bodies were to ghost hunt. I'm going to go ghost hunting. No vampires, just ghost hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one would be better for, like, estate sale purposes? Um, you see, I got the impression that the Marie's mother's house was fairly abandoned. Don't yeah, I feel like the it. Carlson house would be a little bit cleaner, and they would probably have, you know, the just perfect, like, kitschy mm -hmm. stuff. So I want to I wanna go in their house, but I want to pilfer things. Not necessarily the underwear drawer, but that, yeah, I want to go to the cute, like, house. salt and pepper shaker set. Like, they, they have super cute things. Yeah. But they yeah. might have wedding mm. silver. There, there might be really weird, valuable stuff in Marie's mom's house, though. Like that weird silk doll. That might be worth some dough. Yeah. The old typewriters, you know, dough. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, maybe that one would be better. If it's anything like video games, there'll be food in the toilet. So, you know, when you just find those random things in abandoned houses and video games, and there's always a potato in the toilet or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> toilet potato with your heart charcuterie board. It's a good ad. Yeah. I'm not hungry. I've had my yeah. dinner, I swear. <laughs> really good. <laughs> All of this is really great. That's the end. That's the end of Would You Rather. It's the last one. Oh, those were excellent. It, it only got a little bit awkward. I'm going to try and not talk about food anymore. Because I, I swear I'm not hungry. I've had a good substantial tea. No, I'm starving. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's almost dinner time for me. So, I'm starving. I'm going to make but I don't. I still don't want to eat the but, hard ashes. Um, yeah, I took my mom out for like sushi, sushi lunch and a haircut. So I'm actually, I'm actually pretty stuffed. Ooh. Also, jealous. That sounds perfect. Now I want sushi. I still don't want to eat hard ashes. Hard. <laughs> 
Would Heart Ashes be in a California roll? Would it be in a Mackie roll? Would you mix it in with the soy sauce? A little side dip of wasabi heart Mix it in like, ashes. like the wasabi. You just, yeah, you just mix that's it what in. I'm thinking. You would have to put in the wasabi, really. <laughs> Look, I don't want to do it. I don't want to eat the heart ashes. Regardless, regardless of how they are served, I'm regurgitating blood all over myself instead. <laughs> this is the rage table in you. It. it is rage table in me. Um, okay, so other questions. Ooh. Okay, so Claire and I had a really long conversation about this book yesterday. And we need to know. We need to know how it ends in your head. Like, I, you guys, fictional hangover is spoilery and spoiler fest and everything. But, um, no. 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 I promised no. myself that I would never tell anybody what really happen because that is the point of the ending and that's like that's like the point of the whole book is you know uh, when it comes to true crime and when it comes to believing young women's stories we all have to make up our own minds and truth is yeah. truth and belief are slippery and coexist oh. in different ways but yeah i do know but no and if you look like at the evidence i feel like you know, there's enough there, but no, I cannot. I won't. I cannot tell you. No, oh, come on. I won't tell you. I haven't. I haven't even told my husband. And after he read the book, he bothered me about it for like a year. And he's like, "So it's this, right?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Is it? I mean, I know, but I'm not telling you." So yeah. And sometimes he'd be pretty sure that he had it figured out. But then, you know, I didn't tell him and he's still kind of irritated. But yeah, no, so the ending is 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 killing people. Uh, and I expected that it would. So uh, in the best way, though, yeah, either you really like it and you're like, hmm, or you're like, what the fuck, Blake? And you just throw the book. So, yeah. <laughs> We were we were both on the first team there. Like, oh my god, it was so good. What happened? What do you think happened? But that's we, it. We like we it didn't... when a story doesn't end because we like to make it up ourselves. Or if we because yeah. it's the same if we don't like the ending, we just change it in our head to be how we want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? What was it in Buffy that you shut Mulan Rouge off? Yeah, at, like at that part, so it has a happy ending. Yeah. Yep. Oh. I still like yeah, so, our ending that where we came like we we kind of decided is now canon so we'll go with that. It's hmm. fine, yeah. Yeah, you'll have to listen okay. to the episode to, <laughs> like, to figure hmm. out. Hmm. I will say, episode. I mean, it, the I propose the theory that it is a vampire. Because that, what we talked about was, is 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 the blood drinker really real? Is the dr blood drinker a vampire? Is Marie a vampire? And does Marie come back? Um, and I, we, you know, with, with the blood drinker, could it be the stepdad? Because the stepdad wasn't found. But we decided in our heads that the blood drinker is real, that the blood drinker is a vampire, and that when Pilsen, <sighs> checking the lipstick colour as it changed, it doesn't darken. <laughs> Um, when Pilsen advertised 
that what they were doing and trying to find the bodies, the blood drinker went and moved the body of the stepfather because he's playing mind games. However, the stepfather is not the blood drinker because he moved the body. The, the, he, he's dead. I thought the blood drinker is Mercy Lena Brown's brother, tuberculosis heart eater. Oh. Because, because that story is quite prominent in the narrative. It links to the whole reason why Marie wants to be her heart, you know, um, burned at the end by Michael. And you don't actually find out what happens to Mercy's brother after he eats the heart. So, yes, okay, he gets tuberculosis, which is, you know, going to affect his lungs, which is why the blood drinker sounds really, really gross and horrible in the audiobook, which is absolutely chef's kiss, fantastic and freaky as. And obviously you don't get that in prose, but you get it in the audiobook. And um, that's why it kind of helps explain his voice. So he kind of got tuberculosis at the same time he was turned into a vampire because he ate his sister's heart. But he's a vampire, so he doesn't die. So he just keeps having tuberculosis and he's just walking tuberculosis. Yeah, walking tuberculosis guy. I mean, he's not really that affected by it. It's a bit of a grabby voice and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think he's communicable at this yeah. stage. But yes, that was that was a theory that we have. <laughs> that was one that is... we That's one that we took too far on purpose. Okay. I like that one. <laughs> so there you go. Because the problem that we have is we read the books and when you have such an ending like this, in the second read-through, which we both have done, you kind of try and look for the clues and the keys and the pointers and try to see it. And then probably read too much into completely the wrong thing. No, that's... but they did. They did say that, like, yeah, the girl's body was, you know, desecrated, and then she, her brother, ate her heart out. But then, like, but his body was fine. They made, you know, there was that point to say, yeah, well, they didn't do that to him. So it's perfectly reasonable that he just came back a few days later and then was walking tuberculosis after that. Yep. Just, that's it, isn't it? You know, that's the that's end what of the story that you didn't want to tell. They slack off with digging people up and cutting their hearts out and burning them on the town square. Like you get lazy and before you know it, you got walking tuberculosis. Oops, that's armpit, sorry. Thanks. See, okay. armpit agrees with us. Armpit does agree with us. Armpit's like, yes, that's exactly what happened. That is that is how this like beautifully rich, important story ends. <laughs> Walking tuberculosis. <laughs> really? Really, yeah, it's really just like a, a health, you know, Department of Health PSA. <laughs> it is. Oh, is this how the Department of Health got started in <laughs> in colonial America? <laughs> didn't didn't kill enough vampires. <laughs> Oh, but you also wanted, we also wanted her to be um, a vampire vampire hunter, right? Because we always want everyone to be a vampire vampire hunter. That's how everybody, regardless of whether there's a vampire in the book or not, you just think everybody should become that eventually. Yes. Yeah. So we dig her up at the end and Michael's like, oh, please, you know, please, please. And then she's like, hey, and then she's a vampire and then she has to go after the blood drinker. 
So she's a vampire vampire hunter. She would be. That is true. She would, if that occurred, she would be a vampire vampire hunter. Can we just give you, you all these wild speculations up. until you're like, yes, damn it. You're finally <laughs> just like, fuck, fine, okay, I'll tell this. you. I've been Everything you're telling me is wrong. Days. <laughs> <laughs> I can't press end meeting. Ugh. I can't believe you won't tell us. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not fine. telling anybody. Um, yeah, it'll, no, I, I can't. Is this going to be like written down on some like really good stationery, like some really good parchment, and then locked into a box, like which is locked in. into another box, which is locked into another box, and then buried <laughs> or something like that? And, and it's then delivered to me, and then I hit it with a hammer. No. Uh... Yes, yes, that's exactly where my head went. To turn him into a flea, <laughs> that flea inside of a box. I love Isma. I want to be Isma. She's my grow favorite. Up. She's an underrated Disney villain. She's the she best. Is. She is. It's nice. I'm so glad that that movie has found like its its people after being kind of a flop in theaters. It's like beloved. It's it's. I think it's my most favorite. Honestly, of all, I could of rewatch them. that so many times. It's just got so many great lines. Yeah. Every yeah. time we go into a swimming pool. Me and my husband always go splash and go, yay, I'm a llama again. <laughs> Every time. Every time. I read a really weird accounting of how that movie got made and like the different stages that it went through. Like when it started, it was going to be something completely different, you know, a, a really big Aztec um, uh, showpiece to follow up the Lion King with, you know, it was by the same same guy who made the lion king and uh they got sting mm. to do the entire soundtrack and he was going to make it a big you know he wanted to do the same thing that elton elton john did for the lion king and he wrote these amazing ballads um like these powerhouse ballads and there's actually he recorded eartha kit doing her big number and you can actually if you if you google it on youtube you can see it like partially animated and hear her recording of it and it's so different but it's still so yzma um yeah but it it went through total changes like at the time they were making it it still didn't have a final script and they went through it was made so on the fly that by the time it was over and archives came around and said okay we need the script to, you know to archive and they're like uh <laughs> there really isn't one <laughs> two seconds <laughs> Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, just an interesting way. Just it, it all was such a hodgepodge of things and it ended up being so perfect. Mm. I love it. I absolutely love that. Now I need to hear Ursa Kit singing. Yeah, you really Sorry. totally, totally looked that up because it's, yeah, it was yeah. a totally different Yzma, but also excellent. Awesome. Okay. Don't forget to do that, me. Might have to come back in editing. Don't forget, Amanda. Listen to it. See, this is why I just oh. open up tabs with my search things and go, right, okay, that's in there for after recording. See, I don't want to get distracted because I will. And then this is positive we'll just be listening to Yzma's song on the whole. That'll just be the podcast yeah. on repeat. <sighs> mm, could be really good. Perfect. Perfect. I love random okay. Disney trivia. 
Yeah. It's good. And I haven't heard that before. So that's yeah. exciting. It's exciting new old Disney mm-hmm. trivia. I feel like it explains the Tom Jones element. Tom Jones needs explaining. Yeah, there was... Um, it is explained. I can't remember the explanation for it, but if you can find, like, and I think it's just called, like, an oral history of the Emperor's New Groove. Um, it, it was an article that came out a couple of months ago, but they do address, like, why they ended up getting Tom Jones to do that. And I think Sting yeah. still wrote that song. But it's just on never... vulture.com yeah, that's... for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you that go. Was it. It's, it's an interesting read. It's kind of a long read, but it's, it's, it's really fascinating. Definitely worth it. Definitely. If you've always wondered kind of how it is. <laughs> Usually slightly more organized, but you know, hey ho, hey ho. <laughs> Disney movies come together. <laughs> okay. Well, I've just looked it up, so it's ready. It's ready. I can look at it when we're done. Good. Good. Yeah. <sighs> now okay. you see, because you won't tell us anything, my curiosity over the repercussions for Michael, I feel like I'm going to go unanswered as well. Because if you answer that question, it's going to hint to what happens with Marie. And I'm feeling very frustrated well, by Well, I can answer in a hypothetical way, maybe. And, you know, okay. I, I can, like, hedge it around because I know Michael very well at this point. So I can kind of do a, well, if this happened, then I think this would happen to him. Or if this happened, you know, I can just okay. kind of play it out either or. Perfect. Perfect. So... What does happen to Michael? Like, he gives up journalism. Is he okay? I mean, you know, it's the 50s back then. So, you know, he's probably retirement age now. Is he all right? I, okay. Immediately after, I mean, Michael's been changed um, a lot over the course of the story. And he's a little bit, you know, he has a clearer view of the world and he kind of has... Um, but a lot more questions. He doesn't quite know uh, where he wants to go. He's not sure if he wants journalism, but to be honest, I think he would find his way back to it because I think he's very good at it. And I think that he has a natural knack for um, not only finding stories, but interpreting them and just listening to them. Michael is an extremely good listener. And um, he has a lot of integrity when it comes to the truth. So, if he decided to go back to journalism, I think he would he would be an excellent journalist. And I think he could make a living out of it. Um, yes, it was the 1950s, so now he'd be old uh, if he lived. But I think he does. I think he I think he's okay. I think he lived doing whatever. Maybe, if yeah. he lived, maybe being a, maybe being a vampire mm. and um, you know hunting. Or, you know, maybe because let's remember, he believed Marie. He made the choice. Belief is a choice. He made the choice to believe her. So even if even if she didn't come back or even if she did and then he cut her head off and burned her heart on a stone, you know, as one does, um, he may have gone after the blood drinker on his own. I mean, that he could have had like this whole wild adventure and maybe he didn't survive it. I don't know. So, so much. And the blood drinker went after him. Yeah. He was toying with him the whole time. Yeah, yeah. The blood drinker would definitely be 
watching for a while to see what they decided. Yeah. yeah. I just hope Percy's okay. I love Percy. Percy was yes. so good. And Bert. Bert. Yeah. And Nancy. Oh, really nice. all of the all of the um supporting characters were you know, I, I enjoyed all of them. Yeah. I really liked mm. Michael's dad. Yes. <laughs> Especially when he was I telling did. Pilsen off. Mm -hmm. And he pulled him off in like yes. such a Midwestern oh, way, Pilsen. like still polite, but like making it clear. Yes. Yeah. 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 He was yeah. a really good counterpoint to Pilsen. Because so many of the people, the adults in Michael's life kind of serve as um, um, examples of people's at large, their reaction to Marie, you know, the people who just want her found guilty and fire and brimstone, uh, the people who like Michael's dad, who just want to give her a fair shake and are after the truth. And um, the people like Matt McBride, who although is a good person, he still views her as like a story. And then of course, the townspeople who mm -hmm. are just hearing all of this stuff so michael has all of those viewpoints coming at him and then he has to develop his own yeah i think michael would be a good therapist like i can i can see him being a psychologist and specializing in people with certain disorders like you know who believe like vampires are real and stuff but he believes them he's like yeah yeah vampires are real that is what you believe therefore vampires are yeah. real let's yeah. see what your childhood trauma is that brought you to the stage of yeah. you know hanging out with a murderer yeah i could also see him uh despite the fact that he was never really interested in following his dad into law enforcement i could see him changing his mind now but i think he would be in a bigger city like i think that big city thing yeah. is, is something that michael really wants to do so no matter where he ends up and what he ends up doing i think he'll ultimately find himself there and by big city, yeah, I don't big know. For a small town. Yeah, I mean it might just be like a Minneapolis. You know, it doesn't have to be big city, but big for him. I'm like, going to Milwaukee. Yeah. See, I, I, I got so many like Stephen King vibes from this story. And while we were just talking about it, I, I just envisioned Michael as like a Bill Denbro, and he starts writing. Like, and he's an, he's an author at the end, you know, not necessarily a journalist, but maybe he's writing stories he could. at the end. Cause I got, I got so many Stephen King vibes, but like when we talked about this yesterday, I was like, you know, I got, I got a Salem's Lot vibe and it was, you know, but Salem's Lot's really, really, really long. It's like, this is the like tight, condensed, really good version of Salem's Lot. <laughs> That's just that's how I felt. But like, but also I was thinking, since I started thinking about Bill Denbro and It, I thought about the adults that are in It and, you know, they're like ignoring everything that's happening. And I got that feeling from the one guy. I can't remember exactly what's happening in the story, but there's the, he like, Michael encounters this guy on the sidewalk and he's like, oh, so let's just, what are you doing? Let's just get her in yeah. the chair. All right, see you later. And he like tips his hat and walks away yeah. after saying, you know, hey, let's murder yeah. this child. So I got I got that yeah, line too. Is, like, what's going on with these what adults? A lot of people were saying, I mean, because Marie was inspired by um, a real life murderer, accomplice or so-called Carol Ann Fugate, who was 14 at the time and always said she was innocent, but 
you know, she was convicted as an accomplice and, and sentenced to life. Um, I, uh, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so, and, and the, the way that they vilified her in the papers was, you know, very much like, well, should she get the chair too? I got to move him. He's just a little much right now. I love him. I love him <laughs> so delightful. much. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, I wanted that guy to be a real reflection of some of the things that Caroline Fugate faced uh, when she was convicted in the court of public opinion long before she was convicted at trial. Because, yeah, yeah. people are just, you know, oh, well, she had to know what was going on, you know, oh, she had to be involved. Let's just, she's a bad girl. People are always so willing to punish yeah. bad girls, the girls that they think are promiscuous, girls that they think are, you know, just not what a girl is supposed to be. So, mm. yeah. It was gross the way Pilsen sexualizes Marie. Oh, and it's like, Pilsen. she's a baby. Stop yeah. it. You're just yeah. gross. You're just a creepy, gross and man. She, he Stop tries it. to, you know, blame her for any relationship with her stepfather. It's like, you're so disgusting. Oh, I love Michael's dad, though. He's like, that's not a relationship. <laughs> that, no, we don't call that a relationship. That. Mm -mm. No. no. No, that's not what we call oh, that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, Michael's dad. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever get to, did you ever listen to the audio? Did you I have out? listened to the sample of the audio and Matt Godfrey was my first choice. Um, like far and away, usually when they send me a list of um, possible narrators, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. This one or this one or this one, all good. But this time, I was like, no, please let him be available. Like he sounds just right. And luckily he did such he a was job. available. So I was I was really excited. <laughs> I'm having a heck of a time getting a copy of it. My dad is, you know, old and he wants the audiobook and he wants it on CD. And I've I've like ordered it twice and had my order canceled because of supply chain problems. So I actually haven't oh. listened to the whole thing. So I don't know how he makes the blood drinker sound. And now oh. I, I really... Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's like, I, I was mimicking it yesterday. Yeah. It's like, it's like an inward sound. Like yes. instead of expelling the air when he's speaking, it goes <gasps> inward. Oh. It's like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Wow. Oh. It's Ooh, weird. How, I mean, obviously it's edited, but how he must sustain that, it must have killed to do. Wow. Okay, I'm excited. Even the small amount of dialogue the, dr the blood drinker relatively has, it must have hurt the vocal cords. It was brilliant. Yeah. Just thinking about it, I get chills. Like when he's in the living room and he's like, ask her how much blood she drank. Oh, it's so creepy. And he did such a good job with it. And also his Pilsen, which I told you about oh. his Pilsen. Being the guy from <laughs> Total Recall. But that, oh, oh, it's the worst. But in the best way. There was such an accurate call on that voice. It was just... That's it all it is. It... That's all it is. He had to have been mimicking that guy. It's exactly what it sounded like. And it was perfect. Are you gonna, I saw yeah. you guys on Twitter the other day. Are you going to talk to Matt? Like, Hopefully. If we can get it worked out with his schedule. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Like audio yeah. book narrator to audio book narrator. Like have a whole thing. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just, I do. Oh, it was really good. 
She got very excited when I read out his home studio stats yesterday. She was like, oh. I did. I did. I can't wait to, I can't wait to build my house and have an actual proper booth. (laughs) Actual soundproofing instead of this. That would be really cool. (laughs) Don't touch it. It fell down on you 10 minutes ago. I know. It did fall down on me. Oh, I can't wait. But I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. But yeah, hopefully we can talk to him. Um. He responded to us in gifts, and and it was. I think I think he's going to be a good oh, fit. Yeah. If we can convince like him, I don't think we've scared yeah, him he off. He seems like a really cool, chill guy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go too over the top with our tweets like that time with Steve West. I ruined every chance I ever had with talking to Steve West because I fangirled so much about him on Twitter. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> It, that was that, it that, that thread was to 11 um, this was a good 7 7 to 8 on the fangirling scale it was fine it was all fine it was good it was all good I, I mean the zoom cringe. call might be a bit awkward but yeah <laughs> I still cringe thinking about that Steve West it was hilarious especially because he popped in in the middle of it and he's like uh what what's <laughs> happening here because we kept him tagged in all of our... We were being very complimentary. We said he should have an app where he just reads random stuff because he's got such a soothing and warm voice and it would help, you know, people's mindfulness. And we just, you know, went on about that a bit too much to add it got to the awkward stage. That was nice. It's complimentary. It's... And he is on... The like Apple, iTunes, whatever the Apple bookstore, he does narrate bedtime stories now. So I really feel like that was because of us. So I think we are due our, was it 20%? Mm. Yeah. Or at least an interview. I mean, you know, you should, you should totally sit down with you guys. I really wish you would. I we'll have to get our people on anyway. this people. We need to get some people before we get people on the people, but yeah. We, we should, do we need to get people. people. We do, we do. Anywho. We need people. It's important. Anyway, let's stop talking about that before talk it gets about real awkward again. <laughs> yes. I did like so the fact there that more? throughout as well, it wasn't called Vampire, it was called Blood Drinker. It didn't keep saying Vampire, it said Blood Drinker. So, that was really good. Might be a slight technicality, but... Was it a vampire? I think it, or did I think it, it was. Yeah. Nice to it was an important food. distinction because I was trying to walk that line, you know, true crime with a vampire. But you know, it's true. You can't be a vampire because vampires aren't real. Except, you know, yeah. It was. It was a lot of of that back and forth in my mind when I was writing of how to balance it without going too far in either direction. So. I had to be very careful. And that makes sense. Since I know what happened, I had to be yeah. very careful about what I let people know in any direction. Like, can I put this in there? Is that too far? Can I put this, you know? And I just had to, yeah, really. That just makes it really creepy, too. It makes it creepier to think that what if it's not a vampire? And what if this is just like some really psycho serial killer who drinks your blood? <laughs> That makes it scarier than a vampire. Psycho serial killer who drinks your blood and grooms young children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. matter what. Because there's decide, never a mention of no puncture wounds, just cuts. 
it's always cuts, not punctuations. So that 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 was clearly like never that was never said, and you always assume or natural assumption is vampire equals punctures. So. Yeah. Damn it! This feels like there's a spanner in the works. Yeah, and Marie dissuades a lot of the, you know, the the basic myths like garlic. You know, garlic doesn't work. Michael, don't be dumb. You know that kind of stuff. But but she also says like, no, he couldn't come into your house if you didn't invite him. And so it's like, oh, that part where Michael says like, funny how he only seems to follow vampiric rules when he wants to make me look crazy. Because he's, <laughs> yes. he's good at playing games, though. You know, and he probably yeah. could have come in his house if he wanted to. He's just fucking with him. Yeah, yeah. Dawn and her I mean, southern hospitality. That, I mean, that little bit, um, I can't remember if that last bit when Michael tells the reader and what he couldn't even have time, what he didn't even have time to tell Marie about the fact that his little sister Dawn met him and invited him in prior to that night. Like, I don't know if that made it into the first draft or if that was like a later ad, but like, mm -mm. yeah. Yeah. Just don't invite anybody into your house and you're fine. Yeah, just go outside. Just meet people outside. Yeah, take him a coffee outside. Mm -hmm. Bring him the phone outside. The cords were probably long enough back then. Mm-hmm. Remember they were like the kind? They stretched for yeah. days. Yeah. yeah. Now you see, I've yeah. seen Clue enough times to know you do not go into the scary mansion to use the phone because you're going to get locked in there while you're everybody's gonna... running around like crazy people. Yeah. 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 Or you're going to mm-hmm. get murdered. Exactly. Yeah. It's just outside is safer for exactly. everyone. Exactly. It really is. Yeah. Unless outside is also filled with carvings and effigies, mm. that's a little bit spooky and out of place. Unless you're already running from something outside, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The lesson I'm taking is just stay home. Yeah. <laughs> just stay home and don't don't talk to anyone ever. Don't see anyone uh-huh. ever. Nope. No. That's the lesson. Hermit lifestyle it that's is. That's the theme of all these bodies. Don't yes. see anyone ever. <laughs> People are bad. <laughs> Hermits are good. And lipstick always yeah. looks fabulous, darling. Oh, it does. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so look, how do you write such vastly different stories? Because they're so different. Like, I was thinking about, you know, Three Dark Crowns. And then... You know, then we talked about anti-goddess not too long ago. And now this one, you're like, how? How? They're not at all alike. Yeah. You know, and most people like, you know, authors that have all these different stories, like there's things that are similar in all of their stories, but you are so talented and everything is so vastly different. And I just don't understand it. How? Why are you I so good? like answer that question (laughs) well thank you um i like to think that it's because Mm. i am one of those writers who just has to write the stories that show up and the stories that happen to show up have been fairly different in genre style and tone so um i also like to think that my stories are just kind of channeling in here like i'm not even doing it 
I'm just getting this little frequency and taking it down. And they all come from different places because yeah, um, anti-goddess, you know, smart ass urban fantasy, Greek mythology, Three Dark Crowns is more of a, a dark traditional fantasy, political intrigue, that kind of thing. And with all these bodies, um, I went back to first person, but first person past tense and kind of in a memoir style, a recollection, um, which I wanted yeah. to do because anytime first person is in past tense to me, that always implies that there's another filter of memory. You know, you're not being told these things exactly how it happened because we never have perfect recall. So even Michael, who's doing as good a job as he can to tell the truth, is coloring these experiences through the faults of his own memory and through his own experiences as the story has progressed already. So um, yeah, and just nailing that voice, I'm really lucky because my narrators are very strong. They're very strong characters, they're very strong people. And so they kind of just like, here, this is me and you're gonna write in me now. And that that's just how it goes. Uh, it's, it's not really a, it doesn't feel like, like a skill I have to learn. It's just like jumping into someone else's skin. So jumping into Michael's head was very easy. Uh, jumping into Marie's was harder uh, because she's where all the secrets are and she needed to keep them. And she, you know, just, she needed to, it's like she couldn't quite decide how she wanted to play it with Michael. So through drafts, she changed a little bit as she tried different tactics with him to see what would work. And uh, yeah, so I don't know why all my stories are, are fairly different, but I do think that there are things in common. I mean, there's always usually a little murder in there, you know? There's always, there's always a little murder. There's typically a very good twist near the end that you just like gutted by. But they're so different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're good. Yeah. That's good, though, because it keeps everything fresh. And it's fun. You nice. never... I feel like we... readers are, are not, it's not as cool for them. Because, I mean, you know, when we pick up a Stephen King book, we kind of want to know what we expect. Like, we expect certain things from Stephen King, even though each new story is original and fabulous and very creative. It's still Stephen King. Like, it's quintessential Stephen King. If somebody asks what quintessential me was, I don't even know if they could say. And I think that's disappointing for some people. Um, Something to do with blood. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, part of me, you know, we all have those times that we wish we were different kinds of writers. And I very often wish that I was the kind of writer who uh, could, you know, was more like a, uh, I mean, I guess we all wish we were more like a Stephen King. <laughs> But I wish I had a lot more story ideas that were in, you know, the same vein, because I don't know. But as a reader, it's nice, it's refreshing for us, because we can't get the twist. You know, if if you're an established, if you, if you, yes, we're saying Stephen King's books are all original and fabulous, but it gets to a stage where you get familiar with the patterns of writing, and that takes some of the mystery out of it. With your catalogue... It doesn't. Like, when we read Anti-Goddess and the twists that were in there and like when Apollo was killed, both me and Amanda were like, Apollo got murdered? What the hell? What on earth? Why? When totally freaking out because we 
kind of expected a big death, but we didn't expect that one. And yeah, it's like, with this, we have no clue, realistically, no clue what has happened with Michael, what has happened with Marie, what is there a blood drinker? You know, we don't know any of this. And it's bloody frustrating, but it's bloody brilliant at the same time because as the author, you've given us the creative freedom to kind of take our story wherever we want to go, especially because you're not going to tell us anything, which is another element of frustration for us. Um. I mean, I, you know, most of the book, I spent all that time with Michael and having him ponder the nature of truth and the nature of belief and how, um, you know, everybody believes a different thing. And the truth is not always as objective as you think it is. There's a lot of subjectivity that goes into it. Um, Mm unless you're an active participant or an actual participant when it comes to true crime we just even after we get like a jury trial back with a guilty not guilty do we really know for sure no we don't we still just have to you know like okay this is what we think and i couldn't spend all of that time talking about what it meant for young women to be able to tell a story and be believed was there anything that marie could have said to make herself be believed in this situation and if there wasn't well then why not create this the most outlandish story that she could possibly tell, or maybe it was the truth and she, you know. So after playing with all of these these ideas and these themes, I could not then at the end say, haha, just kidding, here's what really happened. Like it would have been totally antithetical. Yeah. It would have been, it would have taken the piss out of the whole thing. So yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I, I couldn't do it. I understand. It's, it's definitely a book where the journey is important, not the resolution. Right. I, it's the journey. I understand yeah. where people are, are going to be frustrated. You are you really are either going to like this ending or you're going to just think it's the worst. But I, I don't want people to think that I just left it there because I didn't know how to wrap it up. This was completely deliberate. Like I, this, this book was more um, crafted and constructed than any of my other novels have been. Like I put this little baby together wow. from pieces, so I knew where it was going. Wow, that's really yeah. interesting. I think you can tell that. I mean, I know that we can because we read a lot and we, you know, read all your other books too. But it it was, it was totally like you could tell it was totally done purposefully, and it, and it didn't feel like you were just like well i don't know what to do so it didn't feel like that at all nothing was forced into the story and nothing was left out that wasn't purposeful it was a purposeful story and i said this yesterday to amanda like she you read it three times now amanda yes three i've done have twice because we've both read it we've both listened to it and then amanda did it again um it's i listened to it twice (laughs) it's a book that gets better the more you read it like you read the first one and you can put it down you can be there's no ending i'm so frustrated but then if you read it again and you start to try and pick out the nuances and try to see can i actually work out the ending that is not being explicit i don't like exposition sometimes and i get sometimes very frustrated with it in tv shows or in books and a series where half the book is actually recapping what happened before and then contextualizing what you're going to get so it's an easy ride i don't like that i like to be thrown into it and have to work it out and that's what you get with this one and with the second read through you've got that opportunity to try and pick up the pieces and try and say well actually you realize this is a murder mystery 
These is, this is what you know as the interviewer. Now pick up the pieces and try and solve the murder. Ha, you can't, because really, as well, we don't know. We don't have everything. And this is what we talked about yesterday. It's based in the 1950s. There's no forensic pathology. There's no DNA testing. They're talking about footprints and fingerprints, and that's probably as best as they can go. So how Marie could get convicted on her mother's murder, which was a, you know an old body under the floorboards she, how would she ever get convicted of the other murders because they can't test for DNA and, and there's no security cameras and you know there's not the technology the, the, the crime fighting stuff you have now so it's work out how this 1950s murder mystery is going to get solved and do you actually solve it and I think you get different levels of satisfaction and different clues and keys the more you read the book it's definitely a rereader because you'll pick up on different things and different nuances. And then as the reader, for me, it's, well, what conclusion have you come up to? There is one, obviously. You've said there is one. You are the author, as you know. But, but as in the, this case... As the reader, I can... Yeah, and in this case, that's another reason why I'm not telling anybody because in this case, it's not any more important what I think happened. It's not. Like mm -hmm. as my opinion as the author is not the point of the story. So uh, I, I just want to keep myself out of it. And it it is so much of the story is about the willfulness behind the act of belief. You know, Michael has to decide to believe Marie or not. The girl, Caroline Fugate, the girl that Marie was inspired by, uh, her trial that she was convicted on, it basically come down, came down to, yeah, we know you were there. We, we, but we don't know, you know, if you, we don't know your level of involvement and only you and these dead people and Charlie Starkweather, your ex-boyfriend, that's it. And the jury based their decision on Marie's testimony and Charlie Starkweather's testimony. So the testimony of a convicted murderer who was already headed to the electric chair. That's all they had. Everybody else was dead. So it was very much a he said, she said, who do you believe? Do you believe this little girl or don't you? And they did not. So, and that's just like that. I did a lot of research into um, that case and that trial, obviously, because that was one of the big murder cases that the book was inspired by. And it was just uh, maddening at turns. A lot of the... Um, questions that those sexualizing questions that Michael or that Pilsen poses to Michael um, that's that's taken very very close to actual questions that were put to this young woman this 14 year old girl um, in the aftermath of this horrible murder spree that left her entire family dead so yeah yeah, yeah. some of those words that come out of Pilsen's the mouth are very true to life fuck you Pilsen <laughs> the, the other thing we talked about yesterday was um, how nobody thinks Marie can do it because she's just this she's just this you, Amanda says it better because she can put the accent on she's just this little girl this small little pretty girl Can't she can't be a killer no way can she be a killer and we're like no no girls can be killers too girls can, can be killers up. too <laughs> yeah. so on the other hand why not? Yeah. Especially if you've got a traumatic past 
which is, you know, it's not outright said, but it's certainly heavily implied that Marie has with the mm-hmm. stepfather. You know, it it's an act of self-defense in some respects. Yeah, yeah. there are a lot of different ways that you can view Marie. You know, you can view her as um, so traumatized by the things that she's endured um, at the hands of her stepfather that she's basically believes this story that she's made up to disassociate or you know it could be completely true marie's a very tough girl um she's very pragmatic if the blood drinker is a true story there's no reason it couldn't have happened exactly as she said and that is you know the confounding thing because it really could be either one all of my favorite quotes that i pulled were all about like truth and like what are the facts about fiction I really 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 liked that one like took it down immediately when coming across it what are the facts about fiction like it really hit me and then then at the end um find out what really happened Michael because the truth is the truth except it isn't is it facts maybe but the truth is our own it's tied up with belief and belief is harder to hold down like i just i loved it so much because you don't know you don't know what the truth is it's only what you believe and that played a huge huge role throughout the entire story and it was just really really I'm, good i'm really glad you guys liked it honestly i'm i have a feeling that this is going to be like my my shameful little baby because it's going to be the most polarizing of all of my books and i'm I really, I really had a good time writing it, and I really love the characters. I really love Marie and Michael, so I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. Oh, loved it! I want to go back and read it again because I'm quite convinced there's more <laughs> I can take from it. There's, I, I, I do not do this to books. I do not like go through with pencils and markers and stuff. And I feel like I need to get another copy just so I can actually, you know, not deface it, but study it and try and. F- figure this out because it's bugging me that I don't 100% know the truth but then it's only from Michael's perspective I need I need Marie's side of the story I also want Percy's side of the story because Percy is a supportive BFF and I love Percy for that like he's like yeah Michael I'm with you I'll support you I'll be there you want to go and burn the heart of a convicted killer yeah let's go I'll drive in it's fine he's so sweet (laughs) there's more to Percy than meets the eye you know everybody kind of thinks of him as like a dunce and his dad's like the town junk collector and the valentines are kind of a town joke but he's just he he knows what's going on he's far more savvy in lots of ways than Michael is like he, he picks up on what people are up to a lot sooner than Michael does like he's yeah I could see Percy growing up to be the town sheriff. Oh my god! Because he totally of could. How pers- cute would he be? Yeah, he could sheriff be. He, he, his percept exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a story in the making because he's so perceptive. He's and he's empathetic as well. He would be a good law enforcement officer. He would. He would. And so I don't opinion. think he'll have as many wives as his dad had. I don't think he will either. Even no. if he tries to, yeah. I don't think he will. And yet, no matter what he does, he still has dumb dogs. <laughs> Duck hunting dogs. It's like, oh, they're not sniffer dogs. I need a good dog. <laughs> oh. 
And he's never going to go hunting again. He's no. never going to go. He's never going to no. get that book. Might, like, romance. He's yeah, going to take care of him. That book, but it's his one wheel. just feed it, and it'll get fat, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's so good. The other so theme about so the book as well that I enjoyed was the fact that it was done from a male perspective, which is one Ooh, of Amanda's yeah. favourites. Yes. Do you, I'll love let you go. It. You go with it. You go with no, it. I just, no, I just had to squee about it a little bit i love i love was, books with male with male protagonists so yes. much but the fact that it was done from a male protagonist's point of view but it was very much um pro women in the term like michael seeing nancy wanting to just get on with her life after the horrible deaths of a family and not understanding why everybody else is just like well just let her be she's not hurting or harming anybody and you can move on with your life after a terrible tragedy. And, you know, having that belief with Marie, um, you know, scepticism as well, because, you know, it's a fantastical story. But seeing women and knowing they can be accomplished in 1950s America, oh, 1950s world, um, was nice to know. And same with Michael, uh, uh, Michael's dad, sorry. The way he was, like quite modern in his thinking when it's not modern it's just sensible like stop saying that about a child stop saying that as a relationship and stop being disgusting you creepy creepy pervert pilsen <laughs> yeah it's just it was nice to have that from from the male point of view you know the whole it's not all men well some men are nice guys and you get that feeling with Michael and Michael's dad and Percy that you know they yeah. are nice guys I mean, at the same time I, I knew I needed to tell it from Michael's point of view for two reasons. For one, if I told it from Marie's, I wouldn't be able to keep the secrets that I needed to keep. And two, um, it was just another dimension of um, the way that in those days, you know, women were not allowed to tell certain stories, even their own. So even though Marie was dead set on telling her own truth and having her story be known, having it be filtered for us then through Michael's words. I mean, that was just like, okay, fine, but here you go. Here's this guy and he's going to tell it for you. It was just another another dimension of that as well. It was nice to work with a guy again. I haven't worked with a male narrator in quite some time, not since Anna Dressed in Blood. So that was, uh, yeah, it's been like 10 years. So it was nice. And Michael is a there. Those two guys are f just very different narrators. They're just very different people. Michael's just a really good, earnest kid. He has no kind of defense systems. He was just so vulnerable. Um, really, if you think about it, he was the perfect mark for Marie if she wanted to pass this story off on someone. Like that was a golden goose. Mm -hmm. Just saw him sitting right there and snapped him up. Yeah. <laughs> and then drank his blood. When she's <laughs> yeah or is she i'm looking yeah, for the I wonder, towels <laughs> i wonder if she would try to turn him or if you know she just cared about him too much and wouldn't want him to go down that road who knows they're she's vampire hunters way. now yes. vampire, she's vampire just a vampire hunter style. maybe and she's a vampire vampire hunter and then eventually you know once michael starts mm -hmm. getting real old they'll start having to do this whole let the right one in kind of scenario because you know <laughs> yeah yeah that that's fine. That's a good end. That's, 
Yeah, I'll take it. Oh, do you? I'll take it. Oh, my gosh. Um, Wow. I did not think that we would talk gush this much. Well, it's always great to talk to you guys. I'm so glad that you liked it. And thank you for, you know, taking the time and and nerding out about this book with me. Because it's it's always fun. It's like it's a real treat for authors to get to nerd out on their own books. So, So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for joining. We've us. said we, it. We that... gladly nerd out with any author at any time about any book because yes, we, we are completely yeah. nerds. Yeah, and we've <laughs> we've said it before. Like you're an instant buy author for us. As soon as we find out something is coming, we've already pre-ordered it. So <sighs> it's already happening with our Buffy book. Yay! Like, yeah. You just have to come back for that yeah. one again. Sorry. I'm so excited. I found, my Buffy fans? I found my old Buffy books. Like, are you guys both actual Buffy fans? Oh, yes. Yeah. Look, you, we got to stop talking about Buffy because we have a whole book <laughs> that we have. We can have this conversation That's for. True. So you have to stop. Yeah. We need yeah, this thing of Buffiness for later. Yeah. We're talking about heart-wrenching stories about truth right now. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. is Buffy. You have to save hot girls for later. <laughs> yes. Right, we're going to put a pin in this. This is this is 2022 conversation. Fine. Yes. Fine. We'll come back. We'll come back to okay. it. Save it. Save it all for them. Yes, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> Do you have anything else to tell us that, you know, you're excited about? Um, It doesn't. Anything. I mean, Buffy. Buffy yeah, honestly, no, and every yet. generation comes out on January fourth. And so, if you oh, want so a tiny. duet of Kendara Blake vampire books, just go ahead and get all these bodies, and then get in every generation, and there will be two extremely different things. One is just ridiculous <sighs> and full of Sunnydale, and the other one is well, what we've been discussing here. But yeah, after that. Um, it'll actually be I'll have another Buffy book out before I have another book under like of my own um because the my Mm. Amazon Jedi's codename Amazon Jedi's fantasy doesn't come out until 2023 so it's a while but it's a long way I thought it was we had to push it back because she's a big 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 story she's a big big girl she's 150,000 words um I've got to get started on the sequel straight away, and it's just like a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a big world. It's a, it's got like this love story, and you know me and love stories. It's hard. It's the hardest thing in the world for me, and I, it has this one just has the slap. So, yeah. And then someone, know, it's someone reader, that you love so has to get murdered, away, but it's fine. It's fine. We'll, yeah, it's we'll fine. cope. We've got, yeah. we've got other books we can read yeah. in the meantime. Yeah, and then we just always have something to look forward to. Exactly. It is never a bad thing. Yeah. Never. But yeah, so that's never. that's what I'm up to. I can't believe that Buffy comes out in like two months. This is ridiculous. It's Oh my it's ridiculous. god. Don't say yeah. it like that. That's it feels awful. like all these bodies just I'm came wonderful. out and now I'm like, I should talk about Buffy now. It's so weird. I mean well, we're which excited. book has most vampires in? Nice try, Claire. that was a good one you tried really hard i really did knock that right in dang it 
Dang it. <laughs> mm, oh my gosh. Okay. Thanks for spending lots Thank of time you with for us again. Me. And you'll have to All come right, back I'll and do it. I'll see you guys again. next time. Right. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I thought you were going to get her. I thought you were going to get her. Dang it. It was so, a really good try. I, tr- I just I'm, I just want, I need something. I am so frustrated, but in a nice way, you know, like. Uh, yeah. We'll have to try and sneak a question in for the next time. We're like, oh, and, and was Marie a vampire? Yes. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Haha, <laughs> we have that on tape now. <laughs> So that's it for this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Silver Shadows by Rochelle Mead. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no ER. If you like this episode, check out our others, a rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>